We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Sure. Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, go ahead. I'm Nick or Secret Fish. Um, I'm the developer, and you want to introduce yourself, Arjun? Yeah, uh, my name is Arjun. Um, I am also known as Poro in our community, and I am based in California. And I am the second developer for. Sweet. Um, basically, so Mythic is our upcoming pixel art uh, roguelite MMO. Um, you know, Nick, Nick, and I basically, uh, you know, we're big fans of um, MMOs in general, and also like modern action roguelikes. Um, and we just decided to kind of put those two genres together, um, incorporate you know the things we really like from those genres, uh, leave out what doesn't work, and Mythic was. Uh, Kind of what came out of that and it's been a passion project that we've been working on for um almost two years uh and we are really excited for it to come out in less than a week I sleep about uh, I sleep about five hours a night. My my wife brought me some crackers before this, so you know that's my eating and sleeping situation. Slept to know. Yeah. Well, I'm pacing myself, you know. We'll probably get down to two here in a few days. True, true. I can just imagine the, the night before launch, we are probably not going to sleep. So.
Like, yeah, um, I think the two biggest ones that come to mind, you know, obviously there's a lot of roguelikes, there's a lot of MMOs, there aren't a lot of uh, games combining the two. So I think the biggest thing from each that I don't like, uh, start with roguelikes, um, is that you just can't play with like as many people as you want. You know, sometimes I'll be playing a roguelike, like, man, this is really cool, but like my friends want a game with me and it's a single player, or, you know, maybe it's even two or four players, but like we have three and um, it always ends up being like, okay, well, I guess I'll switch to a different game for now because I would rather game with my friends more than I would rather like play whatever single player roguelike. So obviously that's why we brought in the MMO aspect is we just think it's really cool to be able to like, hey, my I can play with my seven friends or like two people are online right now that I know I can play with them. Or and if someone else like joins later, they can just seamlessly join because we're all already in the same world, in the same server, there's no like, we don't have to restart a new game or like do anything weird like that. It's, um, you know, very easy to play with people. That's So that's that's probably the biggest improvement over most roguelikes. And then in terms of MMOs, you know, one thing that I, I think in Arjun as well have found really frustrating is um, almost the opposite problem of like playing an MMO and needing to be with like 20 or 10 people in order to even like do the really cool stuff in the game. So um, we tried really hard to make sure that the bosses and the, the hard content and the end game stuff is actually doable alone or with a party. It should scale up or down in difficulty depending on how many people you bring and that you're not like locked out of doing the most fun things if you don't happen to know a group of 40 people off the top of your head. <laughs> Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that's why um, we're trying to sort of change the way people even think about an MMO because a lot of traditional MMOs are like that, right? It's like every week and I've played them and I've even enjoyed them. Um, but, you know, every Wednesday and Sunday, you're going to show up and you're going to like spend three hours like pressing the same buttons and hoping whoever the lowest common denominator in your group is doesn't wipe the raid. Um, so we, we definitely wanted to stay away from that. And while we say the game is an MMO, and it is, I mean, you're you're all in the same world and you see all other players around you all the time, you can interact with them, it's definitely not what you think of when you think of an MMO. Like, because what you just said, I think is what a lot of people, is what I think of when I think of an MMO. It's like this very grindy, 40-man, like, raid content. And that's a cool thing that MMOs have done, but I think there's so much more that you can do as an MMO that um, that we want to explore. And so I hope that like people like you who maybe have experienced that desire to get into MMOs but not liking the execution can maybe find the way we have executed it a lot more interesting.
Yeah, it's a great question. So I think um, the, the thing that we tried to do is basically create the experience of a roguelike. So it's not, um, you know, it's not technically everything that you would expect from a traditional roguelike. It's definitely not everything you would expect from a traditional MMO. It's more of like taking those two things and taking our favorite parts of each and just combining them into a new game. And whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to call it is totally fine. We're calling it roguelite MMO, but maybe it's just some, some new genre that hasn't been named yet. But anyway, the point is, I think we wanted more than like creating a purist roguelike where you're going to die and lose all progression. We wanted to give like the feeling of a roguelike and, um, draw inspiration from that. So we have many areas in our game and kind of each one of those is treated as a self-contained roguelike where at the start of the area, you have a sort of checkpoint. And then as you progress through the area doing a, a run, you might spend um, an hour doing that. And if you die, you're reset back to the start. But now the difference is when you clear that, then you can go on to a new area and that's where kind of the meta progression is that like that new area is permanently unlocked. And even if you die within it, you're not going back to the beginning of the game. You're going back like to the beginning of that run, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's a great question. So you, it depends where you are, right? So let's say you're in a boss fight or like an area that, let's say you're in a boss fight, for example. Then if you die, you're kind of going to spectate until the end of that fight. And your team is going to be harder for them to clear the boss because, you know, it has scaled up in difficulty to account for you, but now you're dead. So they have more work to do, right? But if they kill it, they can bring you back to life. And you can like get full credit for being part of that fight. You were there. You 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 oh. know you helped fight the boss. Yeah, you just you died in the middle. Your... Great. We're gonna give you credit, and you can move on with your team. Now, if everyone dies, then you're all gonna be reset back, obviously, to the start. So that's that's one way. But if you're um, just in like a normal area where you are just hanging out in a room doing puzzles, like fighting some random enemies, and one of you dies, then just that person is gonna be reset. Now you're not like locked into a boss room where you can't get out. So of course you guys can just meet up again if you want. I mean, your friend can come uh, back to meet up with you. You can travel back through the dungeon to meet up with them. You might find some new like randomized content in your way um, that you need to clear to meet up. Or maybe you could like use some fast travel systems that we have in the game to meet up easier. But yeah, I think, I think that's, that's the short answer to your question. Basically, it depends where you are in in uh, in like hard fights where we don't want people just like dying and then running back and rejoining the fight over and over to prolong it like that. We kind of treat everyone as a team. And otherwise, if one person dies, then you guys got to figure out how to meet back up.
Yeah, I think it's definitely not just budgetary. It's very much a stylistic choice where, um, you know, like we said before, right? It's, it's, we are very different from what a traditional MMO is. We are not, like when I think of MMOs, uh, that, that word has a lot of connotations. And basically I think of like a lot of clones of WoW where you're just like, have an action bar on the bottom with 20 abilities. You run around, you're in this 3D world, you shoot frostbolts at, at goblins and stuff, right? And we wanted it to just be very clear because this term MMO comes with baggage that as soon as you look at a trailer of the game, it's it's instantly obvious that we're not trying to remake the same like concept that's been made before. Yes, it is a member of that genre, but it's something different, it's something new. And I think the art really helps communicate that and differentiate us from the other games in that space. Yeah, definitely. I definitely wanted it to have like a, a bit of a retro feel. Um, although, like you said, there's there's a lot of stuff that I mean, especially with the networking and everything that, that just wasn't, you know, wasn't happening 20 years ago. You want to take that one, Archer? Um, that's, that's, that's a good question. Um, I think there are a number of MMOs that we were kind of looking at, though I would say probably WoW was the, was the biggest inspiration. You know, I mean, we've, we've played many. I mean, I've played a lot of, uh, you know, OSRS in my time. I think, Nick, didn't you also play like EVE Online or... Like I played Guild basically. Wars 2 or... Played, you played like almost all of them, right? <laughs> Guild Wars 2, EVE Online, I played... Um... You know, Path of Exile, played WoW, played RuneScape, played... I mean, if it, I played, like, Albion Online, I played... If there's an MMO, I've played it. So I think we drew inspiration from a lot, and we really tried to... Like I said, we're not, we're not like, copying anyone. We just tried to take, like, our favorite thing from each. And so um, I would say the, the skill tree is, like, more similar to a um, Path of Exile-type skill tree where you are... You know, everyone's kind of starting in the same place, but then depending on how you branch out, you're kind of specializing into classes that way versus choosing a class at the start. Um, there's, there's, I mean, I could go on, I could, I could do an hour long podcast just on the different MMOs that inspire me, but I would say many, many.
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the the most important thing for me in in designing this game was a sense of authentic exploration. So I want it to be like, if you find something that no one else has ever found, that can be like a really cool thing that we can do with procedural generation that a lot of typical MMOs, I, I, almost every typical MMO to my knowledge, simply cannot do because any place in like, wow, someone else has been. Whereas we will have rooms that are like procedurally generated that no one has ever seen, that could contain treasure that no one has ever seen, or like things like that. So that definitely informed the way we did the skill trees too, because the skills in our game are tied to the exploration. So we wanted to reinforce that aspect of choosing your own path and exploring based on how you want to build your character. And the way we did it is that the types of areas you're exploring actually are what determine where you're leveling up. So if you're going into like the different elemental domains we have, and you spend a lot of your time um, fighting enemies and killing bosses in the water domain, you're going to be leveling up your affinity to water as opposed to, you know, spending time in the fire domain or any of the other domains. And so it really gives people an incentive to explore and not just follow this linear path. Like I know if, when I was playing WoW, it was like, okay, you know, you're going to go to this area, then you're going to quest here, then you're going to go to this area and you're going to quest there and that's going to get you to level 20. And then it was this very like prescribed path. Whereas for us, it's, it's literally impossible to do that. Like if you want to go into a skill tree, you're going to have to go to the place where you can earn those skills, which is somewhere different from where someone else is going to want to go. And again, it's all feeds back into like encouraging players to genuinely explore and interact with the world, not in a way that we prescribe, but in a way that like, that is authentic. I would say that um, encouraging exploration was less of an attempt to like go after a specific type of fighter and more of just a call back to the sort of nostalgia I have for video games when I first started playing them when I was, you know, five years old and the internet like, yeah, existed, but it was not easy to just like Google a guide to how the most optimal way to do everything. And you really had to figure things out on your own to even play a game. And I think like the culture we have now with, with live streams and YouTube videos and the internet being like so easy to access and search is awesome, I love it, but it has kind of taken away some of that element of exploration that I used to feel in almost every game I played where I was like trying to figure out how to do things, trying to figure out where things were and feeling that like excitement when I actually got it right. Um, so that's, that's a feeling that I think is gone often from modern gaming just due to the way people consume content about modern gaming. And I wanted to try and bring it back through 
through that like procedural aspect and that exploration aspect. That's a really good question. And I, I think that I think that there would probably be multiple ways to do that. Um, but you know, this is the one we chose, obviously, and I, I think I think whatever you choose, there's issues with it, you know? Like you're you're always right. Right. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. I think there's, there's, there will be multiple ways for sure to, to get around that. And I think that whatever you choose and even the way we've chosen, there's trade-offs with it, right? Like you, you gain something by doing that, but you lose something as well. Um, and I think it's actually really interesting. I, I hope to see more games, like finding ways to get around that. Cause for me, I have definitely, I'm the kind of person that finds it very hard to resist looking up like an optimal way to play, especially if I'm playing an online game with other people. It's like, if I'm competing with others, I don't want to be doing it in a way that sets me up for failure. You know, like if I'm competing with others, I'm going to look up what's the best so that I can compete effectively against others. But, but even while I'm doing that, I like, I kind of wish that I wasn't, I wish that I could like be playing a game where that wasn't necessary. So I really hope that uh, like that other games start thinking about this and exploring ways to like make online games where you are incentivized to kind of go your own way more than looking up a guide. I'm so glad you asked because we have a ton of content updates. So I, um, first of all, Arjun and I both plan to take the next year at least and focus on nothing other than just making amazing new free, like free on top of the price that you've already paid for the game, not like DLC, um, content updates for the game and probably beyond that even, but you know, we'll see how it goes. So some of the things we have planned are, uh, like I said, we have a lot of elemental biomes, but we, we really want to add like rare biomes into the game um, that are a lot harder to find, but have their own unique skill trees, loot, puzzles, enemies associated with them that people are going to get like really excited when they actually find and also feedback into that exploration aspect of like, oh, hey, like telling your friends, I found this like rare biome over here. You might want to travel to this part of the map before before it's gone or something. Um, so we're, we're going to be adding that. We want to add more social aspects. Like we want to add um, guilds to the game. We have a lot more like 
mini games, a lot, a ton of items we have planned. Um, we have like a lot of character customization stuff, which we actually wanted to get in the release, but will be coming like very soon after. Um, and a bunch more. I mean, I'm not even, we, we have like hundreds of ideas listed in our internal, you know, um, like task list that I can't even remember right now. But basically, we will be adding major content updates every month for the next 12 months and probably a lot longer. And they will be free if you've already bought the base game. Uh, to, jump, to jump off of that also, um, I think one other kind of like vector that we want to go forward with and um i think this will definitely affect our, our steam users is um you know we really are looking at other platforms as well um we haven't like announced anything publicly because we're kind of still in discussions with those platforms but um you know it's been a dream of ours from before to to not just be on pc and um more specifically you know we we definitely will have like full you know like cross-platform compatibility and whatnot so you know our, our dream vision is like you know you could like play you can all you know you'll already be able to play our game on like steam deck but like you know you can play on steam deck you can play on your pc and then you know you can like sit back on the couch and play on your console and it's like you know shared progression um throughout so that is also something we have kind of on the horizon and something we're going to work towards uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, that might be a platform. That might be a little far, farther out, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that whole meme about like Doom, Doom, or some like Doom Eternal being able to be played on like any on like a refrigerator or something like Well, yeah, honestly, um, you know, VR headset is maybe the one place where it doesn't work just because it's like a 2D game, but every other platform I, I want to be on. And I don't know how long it takes. Obviously, some are higher priority than others, but I, I agree. Launch price is going to be um, $15. Discord, discord.gg slash mythic game, right, Arjun? Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having us as well. Really appreciate it.
Thanks so much, Mike. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcast by me, Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey, by sometimes by our contributors, including Corey King. You can follow the SWW Show on social media at the SWW Show, or sooner or later, you go to patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.